Welcome to episode 206 of The Local Meta. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. John, how's it going tonight on this very hot night? <laughs> is it actually still hot outside? Uh, it's, I don't know. I think it's cooled off outside, but in my little office here, because there's it's the one room of the house with no AC, because they could tie it in, and so I have a little fan going and stuff, and I'm just kind of like, whew, it gets warm in here with like three computers running. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like 55 right now, so... Yeah. So you're good. <sighs> yeah. I mean, also the AC's been on in the house all day, so. True. Yeah, we haven't turned like, ours on yet. <laughs> I keep changing the positioning of how I'm sitting because my feet are getting cold. <laughs> Weird problem to have. Yeah, I know. All right. But, so, we get to talk about Modern Horizons today. Modern, Modern Horizons 2. I said Modern Horizons 2. Pretty I'm going to be real honest, cool. seems less busted than the last one. It seems less busted, but it seems pretty cool, so still. It still seems... So here's the thing, right? I didn't actually think that last Modern Horizons was that insane. Obviously... <laughs> like, power-wise? Power-wise, it's like, sure, whatever. Like, you know, like, you look at Hogak, and you're yeah. like, oh, that's cool. You're like, that's cute. Yeah, you can't cast it with lands. It's kind of dope, right? Uh-huh, that's interesting. You look at, you look at Urza and you're like, oh, you cost four mana. What are yeah. you ever going to do in modern? Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> nobody has time to wait and cast something for four friggin' mana. Yeah. In modern, if you cast a four mana card, it should win you the freaking game. Yeah, right? That's how modern was for years. Like, mm-hmm. your four mana cards were game winning. You had Pod, you had Splinter Twin. Those are the only cards that matter. Right. There <laughs> or we at go. least the only cards that mattered five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Right, but I don't know. I say it's just like there's a lot of the cards, are just like oh, this is cool, oh, this is cool, and it's like so many cards are just like yeah. Apparently, these are all secretly busted. Yeah, they're just stupid good. Also, just certain cards made the entire existence of Magic players just become raging idiots because apparently, a one mana pentad prism is too good. <laughs> apparently, I feel like it. Like I don't know prism, if I, sorry. Yeah, I don't know if, like, I feel like the meme of that whole thing is Magic players were like, we want a direct to modern set, and Watsi is like, okay, here, and then Magic players are like, no, not like that. Yeah. <laughs> Magic players are like, we want cars printed directly into modern so they don't ruin standard, and it's like, okay, cool, let's do this, and like, no, you can't print things that actually affect the modern format, how dare you? It's how like, dare you? It's like... Modern players are becoming legacy players, or right. maybe it's vice versa. Where if anything ever like changes their format, they think the world is falling. Yeah, right. It's, it's like crap all over. Oh no, your format isn't the same stale BS as it has been for the last five <laughs> years. Yeah, and then you get the hyperbole of if I wanted to play a rotating format, I would play standard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like I'm sorry that. In the space of five years, the only drastic change in your entire format in regards to Legacy was True Name Nemesis. Right. Which, oddly enough, is just a fair magic card. Yeah, right. (laughs) It attacks and blocks. And it plays really well with equipment. It's just a card that attacks and blocks. Like, you know, it's, it's weird that a card like that would be actually good. Yeah. Yeah. And like suddenly more things start affecting legacy, and suddenly the world is falling. Yep, I know. But 
whatever. We're not here to talk about the past. We are here to talk about the future today. So we're going to dive into uh, Modern Horizons 2, talk about the cards. And so we're kind of going to format this uh, similar to our set reviews, but uh, we're not going to have a 10 of 10 card section. And we're going to talk about reprints at the end. So if you want to hear about reprints, you're going to have to stick all the way through. So All the way. All the way through. There's a lot of dope cards here, so though. So, all right, you ready to go? Yes. Let's do this. All right. So first off, I put down this one. I'm pretty sure. So we have Blossoming Calm, single white instant. Uh, you gain hexproof until your next turn. You gain two life. Rebound. <laughs> uh, so I'm subscribed to the uh, subreddit Lava Spike. <laughs> Um, which is basically just burn players. Mm -hmm. And um, there has been a lot of uh, panic over this card. (laughs) All right, let's be real. This card is not panic-worthy. Yeah. This card is dope. Yeah, I mean, there there are many furrowed brows, at least, we'll say. (laughs) Yeah, like, this card effectively counters two burn spells, right? Yeah. It's... it's two turns of burn time lock, like in yeah, some ways, which is kind of hilarious. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, against against some things, it does counter two burn spells. Although I can think of one burn spell that air quotes negates this card that is printed in this set that we'll be talking about later. But I, also, can we be completely honest? Yeah, the best cards in burn are not the tree or are not the instants and sorceries. Not any, I mean, not in modern burn, yeah. Not in modern burn, it's the creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, legacy burn, I'm like, yeah, you Leg- sit, legacy down, burn. sit down, boy. I mean, legacy burn is debatable. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, I mean, turn one, this is good, I guess, but, like, if you're, like, turn two Eidolon, then, like, it nullifies the life gain, and they basically just get to not have a burn spell thrown right at their face. Yeah. So, I don't know. This card's fine. It'll it'll be It'll show a... up in sideboards. Yeah, like it is a potential sideboard card, right? Like so the the biggest thing this card's competing against is um wow I forgot what the card is called. Two and a white sorcery. If your opponent controls more creatures than you timely reinforcements. There we go. There, okay. I said the talk through apparently. Um, this card is mainly competing with timely reinforcements, yeah. which is like currently one of the best sideboard cards against burn because it gives you creatures when you need creatures. It gives you life because your life will be lower. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and is this better? It's definitely, it is in some situations. Mm-hmm. It'll show up in sideboards. <laughs> this card is uh, kind of humorous against other decks. Like it's currently to, it's currently not playable, but ad nauseum. Yeah, just give yourself hexproof. <laughs> just, just shut it down. Yeah, there's certain decks like that where it's just like you just shut, like you know, like grape shot storm or something like that. Oh yeah, they're just like, and you're just like, here. Yeah, like this does things mm-hmm. in places where timely reinforcements does not do enough. Yeah, which kind of buttons. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's a card. Next up, we have Esper Sentinel. One, or white, for a 1-1 artifact, creature, human, soldier. There's a lot of relevant things in that type line. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of relevant things on that type line. 
Whenever an opponent casts their first non-creature spell each turn, draw a card unless that payer plays X, where X is Esper Sentinel's power. And there's a lot happening on this card. There's a lot happening on this card. So, at first blush, it is attacks, right? Yep. It's not an insane one by any means. Yeah. And obviously this thing dies to a stiff breeze. Yeah, right. Somebody sneezes on it and it just goes... Bruh. Dies to every form of removal possible, basically. Yeah. But a lot of people are, like, crazy into this card. And I feel like it's a little overblown. But the card is definitely not bad. Oh, yeah. You know, like... Because a lot of people are talking about putting this in actual humans. You know? Which, currently, there are three different one-drops that is played in the human stack. There's Noble Hierarch, which yep. is busted. Yeah, yeah, there's, that's staying there. There's Champion of the Parish, which can be busted. Mm-hmm. And then there's Aether Vial, which is also busted. Which, yeah. So, is this better than Champion of the Parish is really the question. I feel like the answer is no. So yeah. then the question is, do you want to play 16 one-drops? And that question, I don't know the answer to, because I've never yeah. played humans. So Yeah, I don't know. It's a cool card. I, I like it, but it's like that cool little tax effect. That yeah, scale, also, that, that scales, too. Also, commander players are, like, shitting themselves over this card, because it's just, like, a one-manneristic study, kind of. <laughs> one-manneristic study. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean... I suppose it is. Mystic Remora is, like, a $14 card, so... This card it really being is, yeah, Mister Kamara is worth dollars. <laughs> or sorry, it's it is seven dollars, not fourteen. Oh, okay. But... Well, still that's absurd, but yeah, for a card okay. that honestly does not see a lot of play in a regular commander because it's not, it's nowhere near as good as Rustic Study. Yeah. Huh. All right. Cool. Yeah. Anything else to say about that one? No. Okay. Move on to the next one. Uh. We will go to Resurgent Belief. It is a white card with no mana cost. It's a sorcery. Uh, It has Suspend 2 for 1 and a white. Uh, Return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. This card is a reference to a banned card in Modern. That is right. I'm trying to remember what open... No, a banned card or... Oh, the card is Second Sunrise. And then there's Open the Vaults, right? Open the Vaults is five mana? Yeah. Or, Sec- mm-hmm. And as for Second Sunrise is three? What's the one for... There's one for four mana in Legacy. Isn't there? Uh, uh, oh, uh, Replenish? That's it, thank you. Yeah. I think that's what it is. That one's Enchantments only, and it's yeah. for everyone's graveyard, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, this is Enchantments only, too. Is it? From your graveyard to the battlefield, yeah. So it is. Yeah. But, you know, it's cool. This is just kind of filling a role of a reserve list card in that same vein. I think Re- Replenish is the card that um, uh, people are really happy it's. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just looking up. Yeah, Replenish, three and a white, sorcery, return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to play. Yeah. All right, and yeah, and second sunrise is uh, return uh, all artifacts, creatures, enchantments, and lands that were put into their historic graveyard can play this turn. turn there, yeah. So that's the busted one. Yeah, yeah. So, 
but yeah, so this is a replenish, you know, a replenish replacement basically and stuff. Cool stuff. Yeah, the, having to suspend the card makes it obviously much less powerful. Yeah. You kind of have to like plan around it and build around it. It is still kind of a cool combo with Shark Typhoon. Yeah. You know, because you know what's happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Just play like a little control role, suspend this, buy some time, cycle a couple Shark Typhoons. Yeah. And, the then, and then get some, some big old sharks out of there instead of your baby sharks. It is funny that this doesn't combo very well with them because this gets cast and it's a zero mana card. <laughs> I mean, sorry, who it, care- is a, it is a no mana card, not a yeah, zero mana card. Yeah. But I mean, like, this this goes off, you have Shark Typhoons in the field and all your mana untapped. Yeah. So, life is probably. Life okay. is pro- if, if this goes off, life is probably okay for you, unless yeah. somebody interfered. But. All right. You can, you can do all these. <laughs> all right next up we're gonna talk about a cycle mm-hmm. it is solitude subtlety grief fury and endurance these are all elemental incarnations of various mana costs there's one of each color mm-hmm. uh solitude is a uh solitude has flash mm-hmm. uh, and lifelink it is a three two uh each of them have evoke and their evoke is exile a card that shares a color with them. Yep. The so, same color. So this is exile a white card. Yeah. So solitude uh, exiles up to one target creature. That creature control gains life equal to its power. Source to plowshares. So, source to plowshares. <laughs> Subtlety is when it's battlefield, choose up to one target creature spell or planeswalker spell. Its owner puts it on top or bottom of their library. Also has flash. Grief is when it enters the battlefield, a target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a non-land card from it, that player discards that card. Uh, Fury is very, very boring. It's like uh, about four damage. <laughs> yeah, enters the battlefield is four damage divided as you choose amongst any number of target creatures and or planeswalkers. And Endurance is... Uh, flash when it's a battlefield up to one target player puts all the cards from their graveyard on the bottom of their library in a random order. It is also uh, it is a 3-4 with reach, which is for only 3 normal mana discounting its evoke cost. So it's actually the one with the best rate just on existence, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you can just play a 3 mana 3-4 that when it enters the battlefield, it's graveyard hate. Yeah. It is effectively a strictly better loaning shaman at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. The the red one is basically trash. The red one is literally pyrokinesis, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. But it's like pyrokinesis is fine at best. No, it's not pyrokinesis. It's um Yeah, it's pyrokinesis. Is it? Is it? You may exile a red card from your hand or the Pesmanicos. Pyrokinesis deals four damage to you Oh, you're right. Yep. Sorry. Okay. It is a better pyrokinesis because pyrokinesis can't hit planeswalkers. Okay. Okay. Also, this one doesn't have flash, and Pyrokinesis is an instant. This one is not because it doesn't have yeah. flash. So it's a side grade. Yeah. But all right. Solitude. Like, this is legit Swords to Plowshares, basically. This is Swords to Plowshares that you can alternate cast by pitching a card from your hand. Yeah. Which this, it seems good. Solitude is 
an amazing piece of interaction to have for modern. Mm -hmm. This, like, solitude is the force of will equivalent in this cycle. Because mm -hmm. solitude suddenly gives you a zero mana answer to your opponents doing things that you just need to be able to interact with. Yeah. You know, like, yes, you're going down in cards, but if you're exiling a Kiki-Jiki in response to them going infinite, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's really, you know, in a lot of these cycles, the blue one ends up being the best because the blue one ends up being the counterspell. Honestly, yep. subtlety is kind it's probably... Mm. Subtlety is probably worse than the red one, if we're being honest. Mm, like, the maybe. red one is definitely uninspired, right? Yeah. I don't know. The, like, a free counterspell is a free counterspell. It's not. It's, the thing is, it's only a counterspell for a creature or planeswalker. Uh, yeah, I suppose. And it's technically a memory lapse, not a full counterspell. Yeah, true. Yes, it is still... You're still... They are still down a card, and you were only down two cards. So it mm -hmm. is still along those lines, but... Creatures and yeah. planeswalkers tend to not be the problematic things in yeah. older formats, right? The the white and the black ones are are definitely the best in this, hands down. And I would argue the black one is the best, yeah. Just because of grief is literally a strictly better unmask, yeah. And it's it is actually strictly better. <laughs> uh -huh. You know, like grief being a creature lets you do a lot more shenanigans it ends up in the graveyard so you can reanimate it if you want it feeds your graveyard if you're doing things that care about there being cards in your graveyard you know obviously like twitter and the internet is all a buzz over the interaction between grief and ephemerate oh yeah they're all yeah people are just people think that that's like the yeah. greatest combo ever they're just making their pants dirty thinking about it like yeah which is like, sure, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's like, that's, I feel that it's good, but it feels more cute. Yeah, playing Ephemerate is not free. Yeah. The card is not good enough on its own. It, it doesn't really do anything. You have to be like, you have to be doing it with something. Yeah, you have to be doing it with something. Like, the only time I've ever seen Ephemerate actually do anything was in a Bant Blink deck that's, um, Gabriel Nassif was playing and piloting for a while. That so it would just infinitely loop itself with um, oh, yeah. Eternal Witness. Oh, okay. Cool. And I think <laughs> even then the deck only played like two Ephemerates. Yeah. But I mean, it's right. it was still fine. Like Ephemerate is playable. Yeah. Just you need to be playing the right kind of deck. You're not going to mm -hmm. suddenly be playing green like black white mid range playing grief and Ephemerate is not going to become the best possible. No, I can't imagine it will. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, next up, we have Rashadden Dockhand, uh, a single blue for a 1-2 creature merfolk with Island Walk. Uh, one tap, tap target land. I didn't realize this was a merfolk. Really? That's what most people were freaking out about. Oh, right. yeah. I didn't notice that at, at all. I was like, oh, oh, like, oh it's like Rashadden Port. Cool. But like making a merfolk, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, my God, Watsy's giving merfolk the they're giving them something to actually try and make them better this card is fine <laughs> it's, it's fine fine it's so, a cool call it's a cool callback if nothing else it's, to it's a sweet callback awfully, I, awfully unfun card <laughs> i like the fact that it has island walk even though it's probably the most useless thing ever because any deck that plays this is already going to be giving their merfolk island walk <laughs> like, yeah right i'm I honestly don't think this card is good. 
in modern. Fair enough. Because modern isn't really about mana denial. Like Merfolk mm-hmm. is the closest thing to actual factual goblins in like in modern. Yeah. Right. You know, like because Merfolk in modern, you do play the spreading seas, you do play all this thing. Like you're kind of built on the premise of you do have small bits of card advantage. You just kind of want to keep your opponent off with just enough to like kind of like get in there with stuff, right? Yeah. And Merfolk doesn't have that many good one-drop Merfolk. Mm-hmm. You have Curse Catcher, which is good, mm-hmm. and you have Aether Vial. And outside of that, that the deck is like glutted at the two and three mana slot. Yeah, like there's tons of twos. Yeah, there's tons of twos. Your threes are honestly underwhelming and kind of just there to be there. So honestly, if you do anything, you might just like cut your marrow regeries for Rashad and Dock Hands. Yeah. Because, like, it does buy you little bits of time. Like, putting your opponent down a down a mana when you still have Aether Vials ticking up mm-hmm. is a tried-and-true method of just getting ahead in the game. Right. We know that works. <laughs> yeah. I personally know that works extremely well. I just don't know if Modern cares enough about it, because Modern is Different. somehow less mm-hmm. fair than Legacy. Right. But however that works but i would not feel bad if this card is good mm-hmm. because it would be introducing a different style of playing the game to modern that just does not currently exist yeah and it's kind of nice to have something like that show up yeah okay all right, all right. speaking of merfolk yeah next up we have tide shaper one blue for a 1-1 creature merfolk wizard with kicker. Uh, kicker is one generic. Uh, when it ends the battlefield, if it was kicked, target land becomes an island for as long as Tide Shaper remains on the battlefield. Tide Shaper gets plus one, plus one, as long as an opponent controls an island. For a spreading season. Yeah, so we have a... We, we have a spreading seas effect that is both better and worse. Yeah. You know... You're basically, instead of drawing a card, you get a 2-2 body. Yeah. But this dies way easier than Spreading Seas does. And if this dies, they get they unlock their mana. Yep. You know. But also with your, you know, with your lords and stuff like that in Merfolk, this does its job. This does do its job. Like, it is yeah. going, like, this is, you know, as we said, there's not a lot. Like, there is definitely cards that can be cut from Merfolk. Yeah. You know, and this card can slot in. Is it good enough? I don't know. Is Merfolk even good enough? I also don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe? Yeah, we'll find out. And there's another card that we're actually not going to talk about that is kind of a replacement for Kira Greek Glass Spinner, but... Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe Merfolk will have a nice little resurgence in Modern. Maybe. We'll see. I enjoyed. I did enjoy playing Merfolk when I played yeah. it. So I mean, there's there's worse things to happen than that. Right? Yeah, there's worse there's worse things than a creature based aggro control deck, right? Being good. <laughs> okay. All right. So next up, we have Bone Shards. Uh, single black for a sorcery as an additional cost to cast a spell. Sacrifice a creature or discard a card. Destroy target creature or planeswalker. I've actually been really, really enjoying Watsi's experimentation with mm-hmm. different ways of making bone shard or 
bone splinters good. Yep. You know, because obviously bone splinters is one black sack of creature, destroy target creature. Mm-hmm. It is... And it's not that hard to make make that additional cost not really be a problem, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, like we had the... But we also had Spark Harvest, which was you could pay additional mana that would also yep. destroy a creature, Planeswalker. You can make it five mana or sack a creature. Yep. This one opens up so many more avenues. Like, yep. this is a madness enabler, which is not something we see very often. And this is a good madness enabler. Yeah, this is basically, like, pure upside madness enabler. Yeah, like, and being able to destroy a creature planeswalk for one black mana, even though it's at sorcerer speed, is not necessarily a bad thing for modern. No. Like, I don't, once again... Bone Splinters isn't good enough, so the question is, would the ability to discard a card make this good enough? This is castable on turn one to kill a creature if you need to kill a creature. Yep. You know? <laughs> it's it's probably not good enough, but I'm curious if it has the potential to be good yeah, enough. I, it, it just fits in like a weird spot where it could... It, it's like, it just could be, you know? Yeah. Like it's it, it's 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 very similar to... Um, Dan or not Dan? It's very similar to grief, yeah. or whatever the solitude. Like yep. you are going down a card to kill something. Is this good enough in that regard? Yep, it, it might be. Mm-hmm. It honestly might be. Yeah. All right. All right. Next up, we have the card that I almost said. <laughs> yeah. We have Dam. D A M N. Black, black for a sorcery. Destroy target creature. A creature destroyed this way can't be regenerated. Overload. Two, white, white. You may cast a spell for its overload cost. If you do, change its text by replacing all instances of target with each. In my opinion, if we did pick the best card of the set, this is the one I would pick. This card is pretty good. This card is beautiful like (laughs) everything about this card is awesome i love it i love this card my favorite thing about this card is it's just so ripe for puns yeah right like you cast it for its black black cost you're like damn it yeah you cast it for overload you're like damn it all (laughs) Uh, (laughs) there you go this card is truly truly beautiful Yes. Like, I love that its overload cost and its main cast are complete opposites. You can yep. play this in a mono black deck. You can play this in a mono white deck. Yep. You don't need the option of casting one or the other because both are powerful by themselves. Mm-hmm. And you just have that sweet little upside of, like the, like, the reference of what this card does, like, the different perspective of the Wrath of God slash Damnation art and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff going on, like... This is a sweet magic card. This is this is an awesome card. I love this card. Like as soon as I saw this card, I was just like, "Oh my god, this is just perfect." <sighs> yeah, everything about this card is dope. Yep, love this card. Right. And it's and it's probably at, at least decent. <laughs> it's probably at least decent. Like, yeah, <laughs> I look at this card. I'm like, "Oh, sweet, another card to put in a gifts ungiven pile." <laughs> Fair enough. Always looking for more board wipes. If right. you're playing gifts, I'm given. All right. 
Cool. So next up we have Magus of the Bridge. Uh, black, black, black for a 4-4 creature human wizard. Uh, whenever a non-token creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, create a 2-2 black zombie token. Uh, whenever when a creature is put into an opponent's graveyard from the battlefield, exile Magus of the Bridge. This card is cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bridge bridge from below, but creature has to be on the battlefield and uh, more fair. <laughs> yeah, so obviously this is a creature it can die, right? Yep. It's really, really interesting, though, how this is a creature, so you have more options. Mm-hmm. This does get brought back if it dies. Yep. You know? uh, it counts itself on dying, which is one cool thing. That is nice. So, you know, like, this dies into a 2-2. Like, on rate, 3 mana for a 4-4 four, four is fine. Yeah. I don't, like, okay. its body is, like, you're not going to play a 3 mana 4-4 four, four in modern just on its face. Yeah, you're like, not just, if it was vanilla, you wouldn't do that. Like, this is easier to work with if you're playing certain styles of decks than bridge from below is because bridge from below needs to be in your graveyard yep and which means you need to play a way to enable it to get into your graveyard mm -hmm. you can court of calling into this card hmm. is that good enough yeah. Damn if i know but yeah, it's knows, right? interesting sometimes all you need is a card to be interesting to like get the juices flowing yeah right i mean it'd be you know it, it's interesting to look at it and stuff like that. And like, uh, like the first thing, like, like you know, you said Court of Calling, and like, uh, like my mind goes right to even though it's banned, uh, uh, Birthing Pod, mm -hmm. like, like those kind of effects or something to like Birthing Pod into it, and that plays right into the style too. Like yeah, you're exactly. generating value off of it then. But so, mm. it's it's interesting. It'll be cool. Yeah. So I'm, I, like, I like when the cards in Modern Horizons are interesting. Yeah, even if even if it is just a copy of another card. Like honestly, like this feel like Bridge from Below was a really weird ass card. Yes. Like, Why did it have a mana cost? <laughs> because they're screwing with you. Um, but like this, like this one actually feels like a more interesting card to work with if that makes sense yes i don't know so. All right. oh sorry i forgot the next card was me red magus all right <laughs> next up we have persist one in a black sorcery return target non-legendary creature card from your graveyards to the battlefield with a negative one, negative one counter on it. Hmm. This is a two mana reanimation spell for modern, which we have not had outside yeah. of Gorio's Vengeance mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. The, the non-legendary clause is relevant on this. Huge. Yeah. Major. Yep. On, like, that, that line of text is the big deal. Because I don't know how much people know this, every single card that you reanimate tends to be a legendary creature. Yeah, because they tend to put the bonkers-ass crap on those. Yeah, like, there is a certain subject of cards that this plays, mm -hmm. that you still play, that <clears throat> this is also good. And 
There's yep. Sire Insanity. Mm-hmm. Sweet. There's Tide Spout Tyrant. Yep. Which is hilarious. <laughs> you know, it's not really good enough, but Sphinx of the Steel Wind is technically a potentially playable reanimation uh, target, but yeah. I don't actually think it is. Yeah. But moral of the story is there's things you can play, right? Yep. So, honestly, Modern is so hateful towards graveyards already. I have no problem with them, like, pushing Reanimator as a possible thing to be playing in Modern. Yeah, I mean, like, Modern is one of those, you can main deck graveyard hate and just kind of be like, okay. I mean, like, literally, I think we were trying to, I was trying to build a deck that kind of, like, had, was, like, half main deck graveyard hate. Yeah. People will look at you funny for it, but a lot of the time, you can just do it. Mm -hmm. As long as the graveyard hate does something more than just, like, like, you're not going to play, you know, uh, Tormod's Crypt in your main deck, ideally, but. I think the deck I had main decked rest in peace. (laughs) <laughs> I mean that's that has been a thing. Yeah. You know, blue white control has main the deck rest in peace. It's just not a play Snapcaster Mage. Yep. Right, but also I think this card is part of a cycle of, of cards in the set uh of keyword named cards. Really? Yeah, because this is persist. Yeah, I knew I knew that. Yeah. I didn't know if there I, uh, I know there's like one other card. We're we're gonna be talking about suspend. I thought there were some other ones, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. Are we talking about suspend? Uh, late later on, not today, but <laughs> right now. But oh, you did put it in miscellaneous. Right. Oh yeah, I did. So um, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, and there isn't a cycle. I know there were a few of them, or a couple of them at least. But uh, maybe I'm a liar. Okay, we'll go with that. I'll just be a liar. I'm All right. fine with that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Next up, we have Profane Tutor. It is a sorcery with no mana cost. Uh, it has Suspend 2 for 1 and a black. Search your library for a card. Put that card into your hand. Then shuffle. Woo? Woo? I'm really curious yeah. how much... How powerful a card like Diabolic Tutor would actually be in Modern. Mm-hmm. Or I, I'm I'm really curious too. Like it's just one of those things where it's like, like you look at this card and you're like, man, that effect is good. Yeah. But then you're like, man, waiting two turns for that effect is not good. <laughs> so, as foretold, is already a deck. Yeah. And this obviously just gets cast off as foretold. True. True. Which makes it a lot less limiting in how it does, right? Like, the whole... It's not unheard of for there to be a Storm deck that uses Suspend cards, sets up its turn, and then just plans on going off, right? Mm-hmm. Storm did that with Riftbolt. Yep. You know, obviously this would require you to set up two turns, you know? Mm-hmm. And there is, of course, Ad Nauseum, which played um, Lotus Bloom. Yep. Because they just wanted that burst of mana and they're like they would just set up for that turn. So it's not it is not something that has never happened in the existence of uh modern slash extended slash whatever Dragon Storm was yeah. in. 
where people do play cards like this. Honestly, the biggest downside for this card is the fact that it costs black. Yeah. Because the Storm decks in Modern don't play black. They play red, because red gives you your graveyard shenanigans and your mana. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, you have to go back in time to actually have the... Uh, where your black cards are the more busted thing. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Which is really funny to be like, a, the worst thing about this card is the fact that it's a black card. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's something you hear very often, because uh, black is a powerful color. In the main usually, magic. yeah. It's interesting, though. Yep, it's it, it's an interesting card. It's one of those ones where it's like you you side eye it. Yeah. Like I, it's one of those ones. Like I don't think so, but I also don't trust you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what's the worst you can do with this? Lots of things. Yeah, probably. So. Yeah, I mean, especially on the turn you cast this, or on the turn this comes off with suspend, you are fully untapped. Oh yeah, you got you got everything available to you. So, yeah, who knows. Yep. No. You're also telling your opponent, I'm going to do something in two turns. Right, yeah. <laughs> Prepare. Get ready. <laughs> Alright, next up, we have Sudden Edicts. I love how we have, we just didn't have Diabolic Edict for so long. So long, and now they're just like, invalidate it. <laughs> they're like, let's just make strictly better ones. Like, yeah, just constantly, and they're just going to each cancel each other out, basically. Yeah, and the best part is... I remember when I was building Blue Black Control that I wish Diabolic Edict was available because uh, Geth's Verdict yeah. was just like the double black pips is just a little yeah. much. But. So the text on this card is one in a black instant split second target player sacrifices a creature just to cover that. I was going to say that. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> You're just like started talking about it constantly. but just started, like, Yeah, I just, yeah. I just wanted to give some background behind this okay. card. Okay. Sorry. So, uh, so we have a strictly better Diabolic Tutor. Yeah, strictly better in every way. We have a side grade to Liliana's Triumph. I would argue almost like borderline strictly better. I mean, it depends. It's if pretty you're playing, close, yeah. It really, really depends on if you're actually playing Liliana, right? Yeah. If you're playing Liliana, I think you play that over this. Fair enough. And Liliana is playable in a lot of decks. There's there's like, Lilianas that are playable. Yeah, there's two different three-mana Lilianas, both yep. of which are playable in different styles of decks. So. Yeah. But, I don't know. I'm really disappointed, too, that Diabolic Edict is just not as good because the, the art they printed with it in, like, what, M25 or something like that was dope. Yeah, they printed some great Diabolic Edict uh, art. And they're yeah, just, yeah. like, immediately invalidated. Yeah, they're just, like... So yeah. unplayable. Because uh, oh like, I, I, this is gonna sound really stupid because mm -hmm. you know I rail against this all the goddamn time, but it's like by playing Diabolic Edict over Liliana's Triumph, you are telling someone that you're not playing Liliana. Yeah, and if you're playing like that, does matter when you're playing a card like Liliana, um, Liliana the Last Hope, because yeah. she does a lot of relevant things. Oh yeah! Her. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! You know, like like I said, I hate when people say that about snow. <laughs> then you're just over here doing that. But it's not it's not completely irrelevant. Yeah. Right. Also, the art looks so much better on the promos. Yep. Just saying. Just saying. Okay. Uh, next up, we have Unmarked Grave. So one in a black sorcery. Search your library for a non-legendary card. Put that card into your graveyard, then shuffle. See, so it's a one-two punch. There you go. We have Entomb, because one mana instant speed Entomb is too good. 
So now we have two mana sorcery speed in tune. Yeah, for non-legendaries. For non-legendaries. But then it combos with persist, so we're all set. Yeah, so we we have we have our into Zoom combo, but there we, we do it on turn four instead of on turn two. Because modern. Because modern. Uh, like these are one of those cards that, like, if you're not somebody who's played a lot of Magic, you look at it and you're like, this card's stupid. And like, yeah. realistically, like, Entomb is one of those cards that it's like just busted as hell. Yeah. But I I'm really. I'm really, really curious about the best possible things you can reanimate with this card. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. Get your Autocron worms up in there. Just... I guess. But, like, it's not legendary, you know, non legendary cards. So if you had to put something else in there, I don't know. Oh. You can. Uh, I, I that You reminded me. I actually have heard someone say of a potentially sweet combo with this card. Like, what is low. Just get that dredge going. All right. There you go. Just, just get that cooking. Just put. I was just gonna say you you um uh, you get your suspend on with uh resurgent belief and just start dumping enchantments down there. <laughs> everything. Uh, let's see. Look at that. Does everything. It has options. More of yep. the story. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if it does anything. Hey, right. next up we have a flame blitz. Red for an enchantment at the beginning of your end step. Flame Blitz deals five damage to each planeswalker. <laughs> this card is hilarious. Cy- cycling two as well. Yeah, cycling two. So it's not dead. Yep. This I just uh, find this card to be funny. Yep. It's like one of my biggest complaints about Oko was the fact that he grew beyond the ability for the at the time anti-planeswalker yeah. red instance to actually uh, kill and this card's like don't worry he'll die eventually yeah it's like we got it he'll die everything else will die everything dies everything planeswalker dies also poor unluckiest planeswalker getting torched there yeah i'm trying to figure out who that's supposed to be it it's it's, it's the unluckiest planeswalker the one that the so they had that in one of the commander decks they had that cycle of that like cycle curses. of enchantments. Yeah, yep, it's that guy. Oh, I didn't know he actually had an like shtick. People, yeah, people refer to him as the unluckiest planeswalker because of that because he showed up on a bunch of different planes and on this card on that card. Uh huh. And so this Just is them bad riffing things on happen that. to him everywhere. He Appar- goes. Apparently, yeah. That's kind of great. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we have Galvanic Relay, two and a red for a sorcery. Exile's top card of your library during your next turn. You may play that card. Storm. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> this card is tricky. This card's cool, if nothing else. I this don't card know. Is, this card is dope. Mm-hmm. But uh, the fact that this says during your next turn you may play that card is something mm-hmm. that's going to trip up a lot of people. Yeah. You cannot play those cards the turn you cast this. Yep. Period. Mm-hmm. So you storm off to set up your next turn to storm off again. Yep. Or combo <laughs> off again, or do whatever it is you decide to do. Yeah, do again. do whatever it is you decide to do. That is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know if it's good know. enough for any, anything. anything at all, but it's cool. It's It's cool, at least. We'll go with that. All right. Next up, we have a wall of text. All right. 
Raghavan, Nimble Pilfer. Red for a 2-1 legendary creature monkey pirate. <laughs> when Raghavan, Nimble Pilfer, deals combat damage to a player, create a treasure token and exile the top card of that player's library until end of turn you may cast that card. Dash for one and a red. <laughs> this card's dope. I like Monkey Pirate. This card is dope. I feel like people are way too high on this card. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have to be because people get way too high on everything. Someone equated to this card as being like Deathrite Shaman. <laughs> How drunk were they? I mean, it was Todd Anderson, so probably Barry. Okay, yeah, I mean, all right. <laughs> so uh... here's the deal. For those who don't know, Dash, get, you can cast it first Dash cost. It has haste at the at the beginning of the end step, return it to your hand. Yep. Right? This card does not naturally have haste. Yep. It is a... I love the fact that... I love the reference that this card is to Kari Zev, right? Yep. Because she makes a Raghavan token. Yep. She, he is a 2-1 token. I mm -hmm. love that aspect of it. I love what this does. I, the fact that it has dash actually plays into that because Kari Zev was a two mana one three that made the token and then the token left her in your end yep. step. It went away. Like, it is pure reference to Kari Zev, which is so awesome. Well, and also it is straight up mechanically relevant in some ways. It is. It is very, very relevant. Like yeah. the ability to like the ability to use this card to soak uh, pseudo stockpile mana is really relevant because you get the treasure token no matter what, as long as it deals combat damage to a to a player. Mm -hmm. And that's the big problem. This card dies to everything. Yeah. It gets blocked by everything. Yeah. You know? The only thing that doesn't block and trade with this is noble hierarch. Which is like, if your opponent has noble hierarchy and like they're just like sure no blocks, it's probably mildly concerning for you because what are they casting next turn? Right. You know, like this card is good. This card is definitely of the power level to be playable in modern. This card is not the second coming of Deathrite Shaman, and it is not free. Yeah. By any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. Like combat damage to a player yeah and to a player is like that means something like we've seen cards with that effect in the past and it's not free by any it is means not and that's the thing that a lot of people seem to be like a lot of people are just like yeah i understand it needs to do combat damage to a player but it's not that hard it's like sure it is. okay then no you don't understand <laughs> yeah. like speaking All as right. someone who's cast a lot of goblin guides in my life if that thing yeah, right. didn't have haste it wasn't doing anything pretty much All right, I don't know. Cool card, Monkey Pirate. Like it. Monkey Pirate. Monkey Pirate. Okay. Also, I love saying the name Raghavan. Yeah, I, <laughs> that does not surprise me. It's just such... There's just certain words that just sound good to say. They feel good to say. And Raghavan is one of them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up. So, our, our document is trying to correct this card to Shatterstorm. I know. <laughs> uh... <laughs> We have Chatterstorm, which is one and a green for a sorcery. Create a one-one green squirrel creature token. Storm. <laughs> this card is hilarious. This card's dope. It's just like it's half of uh, Empty the Warrens. Yep. 
I mean, Storm is like the worst possible thing to have in green because yeah. green doesn't really storm. Off. It really doesn't, but but it's still know. sweet. I dig this. Squirrel Storm is cool. Squirrel Storm is so man. I wish Crow Storm was actually a legal magic card. I know. So that's cool as hell. It wouldn't even be that good. It's only one power for three mana with Storm, obviously. Yeah, but it's like there's just better things to be doing. I just want it to be legal. I mean, like, you can't seriously expect them to be okay making that many Storm Crows. Storm Crows too good. But you can't even pitch them to Force of Will. Less good. Alright. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, That's the most awful meme in all of Magic. I'm just going to put that out there. Probably not, but I'll allow it. it's it's, It's the one that I'm just always like, God damn it, I hate everyone. Hey. As long as I could ship Storm Crows if they ever print them. That's what yeah. I want. Alright. Alright, next up. They really want Storm to be viable in uh in green apparently. Apparently, yeah. We have Gaia's Will. This is a no mana cost green sorcery. This suspend four. Until end of turn, you may play lands and cast spells from your graveyard. If a card would be put into your graveyard from anywhere this turn, exile that card instead. This card is Yogmoth's Will. Last I checked, Yogmoth's Will was really good. The card is really, really good, and I regret not getting one for Modern or for uh, Commander a long, long time ago. <laughs> I was at one point. I'm just like. I mean, it's like, man, do I really want that card? It's like 50 bucks. <laughs> now it's like way higher. I don't even higher. know what it is anymore. Dumb, I'm sure. but This card is, however, noticeably worse than Yawgmoth's Will. Yes, that suspend really matters. $300 is the answer on how much it is right now. Whew. Oh boy. Uh, it's not even that. So the, the reason why Yawgmoth's Will is good is you can empty your hand of shit... Yeah. And then you cast Yawgmoth's Will. Yep. And then you get to recast all those cards. Mm-hmm. Suspend goes off in your upkeep. Mm-hmm. Which means everything has to already be in your graveyard, or you have to go off at instant speed and somehow have all of your mana carry over. Yep. That is not easy to do. Not impossible. It is not easy to do. <laughs> uh. So, as a result, this card is almost strictly just for value, and I don't think that's good enough hmm. we'll see people people will play it i'll tell you that people will try to play it yeah we'll see what happens which fun fact yogmoth's will was actually designed originally in green i mean i, I mean black uses the graveyard yogmoth's will honestly feels hmm. more like a green card yeah uh what was it it was like merc rosewater and uh was it Bill Rose or something like that? For for the set design, uh, did parallel design and designed both both the cards independently, and he designed black and Rose designed green. Interesting. Yep. And they uh, put the black card in. So, but. all right, cool. Uh, next up, we have Ignoble Hierarch. Single green for a zero one creature goblin shaman with exalted, and tap add black green or. Black, red, or green? I have a very important question for you about this card. Okay. What do you think about its design? What do you mean? What do you think about its design? 
No, that's fine. Right. I mean, it's no, it's it's noble hierarch, but for a different set of colors. I've heard a lot of people complaining about this card. Why? Because it is just a mirrored noble hierarch. Yeah. And the design is uninspired and boring. This card, huh? This card is uninspired and boring. This is the one they picked to say that about. Yes. Okay. Because I've had someone complain that Exalted shouldn't be in Junt. Why not? It was in black in um, M13. Yeah, it was in black and it was in green. The only card that doesn't, the only color, as far as I'm aware, that has never had Exalted is red. Right? Yeah. And they're just like, oh, it's just like a mirrored version of Noble Hierarch. It's just so uninspired. It's like, so what did you want it to have? Should it have had Bushido? Should it have had flanking? It's like, no, you give the card exalted so it actually is playable in things. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. A mana dork that taps for those three colors of mana might already see play, but if it didn't have a relevant ability like exalted, you would just yeah. play Birds of Paradise. Yeah. I mean, right. why not at that point? Like, yeah. I don't know. I think that I think mirroring Noble Hierarch is perfectly fine. I don't know. Yeah. I'm obviously perfectly fine with it. I think this card is dope. Yeah, I think the card's cool. Like, like just... honestly, the biggest complaint I have about it is that it's a goblin in mono green, and that's like weak. Complaint. Yeah, that is, my biggest complaint is the fact that it is a goblin in mono green. Also, yeah, but I also understand that you don't want to have a mana dork in red. So, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I, you have to put it in green, and yeah, you'd have to do something with Jund. Yeah, so like. I think I think this card's perfectly fine. I don't think it's uninspired or anything. I feel like it's like like it, it's one of those like the best cards we didn't ask for. Mm -hmm. And I'm perfectly fine with it. Like I think it's cool. I'm glad they printed it. Yeah, like I really really like this card. I think this card is sweet. I think mm -hmm. you know I I actually do really like that he's a goblin shaman. Both of yep. those type lines matter. Goblins yep. matter because. You know, there goblins. are there are goblins in all three of those colors, and yep. there's a non-zero chance that modern goblins might end up playing this. Yeah, right. Shamans isn't really a modern deck, but it's kind of a modern deck that it, yeah. is already junked. Shaman Shaman Tribal has been getting support and stuff. Yeah, like, you know, they're you know, Caleb Durward loves playing <laughs> goblins or not goblins, loves playing shamans. It's like he created Vance Spirits, now he's making Jun Shamans. You know, like, he puts in all the work on that deck and all that kind of stuff. Like, mm -hmm. it does cool things. Yeah. So, yeah, people need to stop looking for reasons to complain. This is the moral of the story. <laughs> Good luck with that one. All right. Uh, next up, we have Sanctum Weaver. Uh, one. Is my or, card. Oh, yeah, you're supposed to read it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Next up, we have I'm, Sanctum Weaver. <laughs> I'm getting excited. Uh, one in the green for a 0-2 enchantment creature dryad. I love her art, by the way. Mm. Tap at X mana of any one color where X is the number of enchantments you control. There is. We're not going to talk about any more of them, I think. But there are actually... A, actually, we're going to talk about one more of them later. Uh, next week. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of cards in the set that are like little gifts to maybe make Enchantress playable in Modern. <laughs> yeah. Which is cool. Mm -hmm. Like, this is uh, Sarah's Sanctum, but a creature, so not insane. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of lets enchantments do things that they normally can't do. Yeah. You know, 
Is it good enough? I don't know. Eh. We'll find Maybe. out. Maybe. <laughs> right. But I would be, like, I'm not going to say I'd be happy if it was, because if this, if Enchantress is good enough in Modern, a very specific card is going to be played in it, and that card is literally a prison piece. <laughs> yeah. But we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah. Card's dope. Yep. All right. My turn now. Uh, next up, we have a Sylvan Anthem. So green, green for an enchantment. Uh, green creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever a green creature enters the battlefield under your control, scry one. It's Keep. honor of the peer, but better. Yep. Cool. Yep. <laughs> People were also kind of complaining about this card. Why? Because it's honor of the peer, but better. Okay. Yeah, there's been a big thing lately about why is green get everything but better. Why does green get everything better? Does anybody remember when green was absolute trash and literally unplayable? Does anyone remember when literally every color of magic was absolute like, trash and unplayable? Like, green is good to everything. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of weird that it's a strictly better honor of the peer. Obviously, I color guess, shifted. I don't know. It's, I'm saying it's weird. I don't actually give a shit because this yeah. card is not going to see play in anything it, outside of it. It is a little casual. weird because green normally doesn't get those effects, but it's not yeah. that far off, but whatever. I mean, I mean the, both of those things are fine. Like, yeah. green creature into battlefield, scry one. Yeah, green gets that shit. You know, green anthems is like, sure, they're not completely unheard of. Yeah. All right. All right. Next up, we have Verdant Command. One of the green, instant, choose two. Target player creates two tapped 1-1 one, one green squirrel creature tokens. Counter target loyalty ability of a planeswalker. Exile target card from a graveyard. Target player gains three life. This is the weirdest collection of options I've ever seen on any command ever. Right? <laughs> I, I, like, I, I looked at all those things and I'm like, what? All of these are what the shit. Also, the art is what the shit. It's I mean, like it's a com it's command art. That looks like command art to me. There's a squirrel pot vomiting out green shit. Yeah. What is that? Com command arts just are symbolic and look weird. I guess. I this card's weird on yeah. so many levels. It's There's a lot of weird happening. Like... I know why the squirrels are tapped, but why are the squirrels tapped? So that you can't use them as blockers or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's why. But still. Whatever. Um, it's weird. So let the squirrels vomit their stuff, man. Uh, I guess. <laughs> uh, oh, man. You're going to make me read this one, huh? All right. Yep. I'm going to butcher this name. Geodrone Dihada? Sure. I don't know. Whatever. I don't read words. Apparently, uh, just call her Dihada. Dihada. There we are. Okay. Uh, one blue, black, red. Legendary Planeswalker Dihada. Protection from permanence with corruption counters on them is the static ability on this Planeswalker with four loyalty. Sneak <laughs> that in there. Um, plus one. Each opponent loses two life, and you gain two life. Put a corruption counter on up to one other target creature or planeswalker. Minus three, gain control of target creature or planeswalker until end of turn. Untap it and put a corruption counter on it. 
It gains haste until end of turn. Minus seven, gain control of each permanent with a corruption counter on it. I don't think this card is good enough, but this card is dope. It's cool. It does cool things. Yeah. Also, this lady is actually an octopus. Dope. You can't see it in any of the arts that she has in all of her alternate arts. Yeah. But the actual full print of this card, she doesn't have legs. She has giant tentacles that split into <laughs> I, I more see, tentacles. You, you can see the tentacles coming up on the side of the card there. Yeah. She's a tentacle lady. All she's right. Ur- she's literally Ursula. <laughs> yeah. that, that is a cool, cool card, actually. Uh, I like the corruption counter thing. Um, I remember, I think it came up in a, in one of the GDS things one time, and they didn't like the submission because it was too fiddly. Mm-hmm. And, and here we are now. Yeah. That's eh, dope. I like yep. it. Cool. Now for your brain aneurysm card of the set. Man. Grist the Hunger Tide. One black green for a three loyalty legendary planeswalker Grist. As long as Grist the Hunger Tide isn't on the battlefield, it is a 1-1 insect creature in addition to its other types. Plus one. Create a 1-1 black and green insect creature token. The ne- then mill a card. If an insect card was milled this way, put a loyalty counter on Grist and repeat this process. Negative two. You may sacrifice a creature. When you do, destroy target creature or planeswalker. Negative three. Each opponent five. loses. Sorry, negative five. Each <laughs> opponent loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. That first ability, that static ability, is just kind of weird, dude. <laughs> I, I love how much it bothers you. It it really like type changing effects like that. Like it, they're probably not as complex as I'm I'm making it, but like it just hits so many gotcha moments where it just makes you go, ah, oh, shit, you know. Because, like, as I was saying, it's stuff like, somebody casts this. You can't negate it. You have to essence scatter it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's just. This this card is actually probably just as complex as you think it is. Probably. Just magic players are intelligent enough in uh, most cases that it's not going to be a problem. I, I, skeptical, but I don't know. Well, like, like the people, of, the people who build decks and stuff obviously are will do it right. Yeah, like you know, just stuff. think of how many things there are in Magic <sighs> that if we were to actually put them in writing on a Magic card, would be almost impossible to parse if you're reading. But yeah, once right. you tell someone, oh, you just do this and this, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, that makes sense. But I think because of the way the Magic rules work, it messes with people. I don't even think it's a rules thing. I think it's just that people are so used to to dealing with things in a certain way that. They just don't think about it that way. Yeah. Like, so it's like it, it, it's counterintuitive because you look at it and you think it's a planeswalker. Always, that's what you think. That's just how your brain processes it. So you're not like, well, I'm gonna birthing pod for it, <laughs> yep. you know, like, or or anything like that, or like, oh, man, it's uh, just. What was the first thing I said? You can reanimate this. You can reanimate it. You it uh, it can be your commander. If you animate dead this card, does he animate dead fall off and he dies? Or does the animate dead stay on him? Uh, I think it dies. Let me look here. 
for a question? <laughs> I mean, Animate Dead is one of those things that has enough text in it to just give you a stroke to start yeah, out with. Yeah, Animate Dead is, is literally the card I'm talking about when I say that to make it work in the rules, it, it will... has a million lines of text, but if you tell someone it doesn't, make sense to them. Yeah, uh, it will fall off. Okay. Because it, it gains enchant creature put onto the battlefield with Animate Dead. So Does it's it... no longer a creature, so it will fall off. But then Gris doesn't die because he's not a creature. Because one of the lines of text on Animate Dead is if it or the creature dies, both die. Uh, return So return Enchanted Creature card to the battlefield under your control and attach Animate Dead to it. When Animate Dead leaves the, leaves the battlefield, that creature's controller sacrifices it. I think it still gets sacrificed uh, because if you look at the first part of that line, it says uh, return the Enchanted Creature card. It is currently a creature card. Uh-huh. Uh, to the battlefield and then when it leaves the battlefield that creature's controller so it's referring to that creature card you're still the controller of that creature card it's no longer a creature it's not a different object uh-huh. either so I think you would still sacrifice it right. I that is not a, a definite ruling but I believe that's how it's wor- how it is worded shit's weird yo the, but that's the shit I'm talking about like obviously you're taking it's like hey let's take this Let's take this card, card that's already insane and combine it with this card. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, oh my gosh. I just, every time I, I look at it, it just makes me twitch. But I don't know. It's a cool card, though. I still think it's dope. All right. Uh, moving on. <laughs> yep. We have Usri, Fortune's Flame. One blue red for a 2-3 legendary creature, a freak with flying. When you three Fortune Flame attacks, choose a number between one and five. Flip that many coins. <laughs> For each flip you win, draw a card. For each flip you lose, he deals two damage to you. If you won five flips this way, you may cast spells from your hand this turn without paying their mana costs. Oh my god, there's going to be so many greedy people on this one. Perfect to freed. I feel like I heard someone say that like the odds of winning all the flips was like less than five percent or like one point five percent or something. Are you are you looking up an actual calculator uh, for it? Uh, I'm trying to look. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is right now, but uh, probability is. Uh, one thirty seconds is what this is. Or wait, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thirty seconds. So whatever that translates into in percents, which I'm not going to do it right now. I'm just going to say the only number to ever choose with this card is five. Oh yeah. Be if a man about it. If you're yeah, if you're gonna go go all out, <laughs> like here's the deal: if you're gonna play a coin flip, like a, a deck with coin flipping in it don't be a bitch like yeah. you're gonna you are gonna go and you're gonna go hard on it like if you ever get there it's so good yeah right it's so good what more could you ever want in life you got yeah. there you did it <laughs> yep it would, all right yeah okay. it is hilarious that it just takes away half your life yeah if you, if you choose five five and lose them just all. just fail them all but, but if, if you, you win them all hey hey Drawing five plus omniscience? I mean, good. that'd be dope. I'd, that's pretty good. I'd take it. That's probably game winning. Just saying. There's going to be the, the 
cracks thumb decks and stuff down. But, oh. Man, it would be great if someone is just like, uh, like you win the flip, you draw your five cards, and it's just five lands. Just <laughs> <laughs> brick. Uh, yeah. You didn't brick. You just cleared five lands off the top of your deck. That's that's magic for you. How right? good is that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, next up, we have Diamond Lion. Uh, it is an artifact creature cat for two mana. Uh, it is a 2-2. Two, two. You can tap it, discard your hand, sacrifice Diamond Lion, add three mana of any one color. Activate only as an instant. Alright, so a bit of rules for people who don't know. The reason why it says activate only as an instant is because otherwise, due to the way casting a spell works in magic, you can technically use this to cast a card out of your hand if it did not say activate only as an instant. Mm -hmm. This card's cool. Is it good enough for modern? Probably not. Mm. Lion's Eye cool. Diamond is cool, but yeah, I don't think it's going to get there. I love me some Lion's Eye Diamond. Right. God, I love Lion's Eye Diamond. Yeah. All right. All right. Next Next up, we have Better Batter Skull? Question mark? Better Skull? Better Skull. <laughs> Seven. Or sorry, we have Cauldra Complete. Seven mana for a legendary artifact equipment. Living weapon, indestructible. Equipped creature gets plus five, plus five, and has first strike, trample, indestructible, haste. And whenever this creature deals combat damage to a creature, exile that creature. Equip cost of seven. Nope. This is a sweet reference. Yep. This is a sweet card. Mm-hmm. This is the most all-in batter skull I've ever seen in my life. Right. <laughs> seven <laughs> mana to cast and seven to equip. If like, so, if you're not cheating this into play with your Stoneforge Mystic, <laughs> what are you doing? Mm -hmm. If this, if the token ever gets unsummoned or exiled, because it is indestructible. Mm -hmm. Yep. What are you supposed to be doing? I. I do not think that this card replaces Batter Skull. Would I play this over Batter Skull and Blue Moon if that was still a thing? No. Hmm. For one very hmm. specific reason. And what is that? The lifelink matters. A lot. Oh, yeah, you're right. Never mind. This doesn't have lifelink. Yeah, that's huge. That is huge. It's like Blue Moon is a deck that can get to seven mana, right? Yeah. And this card ends the game. Uh -huh. But lifelink matters, and costing only five mana matters. Yeah. Mainly the lifelink is the card I, is the part I care about. Right. Yeah. Because there's so many different things you can do in a Stoneforge Mystic deck that will just end the game for your opponent. Right. Any mm -hmm. of the swords will end the game. Yeah. But sometimes when you're playing Stoneforge Mystic, you just need that four-four lifelinker. Mm -hmm. Also. The the fact that this doesn't have vigilance means it's nowhere near as good on the def on the defensive. Okay, yeah, Batter Skull is just dumb. Yeah, Batter Skull just does good things. Yeah, this card is still sweet. Yeah, it's still sweet as hell. And it's definitely part of a Stoneforge Mystic package. Mm -hmm. I just do not think it is better than Batter Skull. Yeah. Another card that uh, uh, what's his nuts? Todd Anderson thinks is better. Like he's like, why would you ever play this over and play Batter Skull over this anymore? This is well, why. well, we just explained it. Yes, we did. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, next up, we have Sword of Hearth and Home. Three mana for an artifact equipment. 
Uh, equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has protected from green and from white. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, exile up to one target creature you own, then search your library for your basic land card, put both cards onto the battlefield under your control, then shuffle. Equipped cost of two. This is probably <laughs> my favorite version of the swords that they've ever made. Really? It's, I, I love... I love flicker value, and I love that it just like ramps you right. Like, yeah, this does really, really cool things with what it does, but none of it's like oppressive. No, it doesn't feel like broken by any means. Yeah, like this card is worse than feast and famine and fire and ice. Yeah, because okay. those cards. Yeah, right. I know. Like those cards are in, are just card advantage. They're just insane. They just they spiral. Yeah. This card also spirals, but in a very different way. This spirals mm -hmm. by playing to the board. You're getting more mana. You're flickering your creature for value. And also, the its protection colors are, like, some of the least relevant. Yeah, right. I mean, it's good if you want to actually attack through someone, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of ground pounders are going to be green or and or white. Yeah. But... Oh, I really like this card. I think it's yep. sweet. Cool. Right. Next up, we have Void Mirror. Two mana for an artifact. Whenever a player casts a spell, if no colored mana was spent to cast it, counter that spell. Huh. This, this card, card is so weird. This card, man. This does a lot. This does. It does a lot, and it also does nothing. Yeah, it it, it does it, exactly both completely one hundred percent. It's so funny because it's like you look at it, and it's like, oh yeah, it shuts down all you know, like. Colorless spells, so like artifacts and those Eldrazi stuff, but like anything that's cast uh, without paying mana cost, so it shuts down omniscient style stuff, or like I always think of them, uh, uh, my favorite card, Unexpected Results, but it's mm -hmm. really like casting that stuff, it shuts down. Um, it shuts down the forces. Force, it shuts down force cards, it shuts down Storm, doesn't it? No, those are copies, never mind. Yep. It. It counters Ornithopter. <laughs> uh, That's like the most irrelevant thing in the world, but yep. it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it does hit a lot, but also it kind of just does nothing in yeah. a lot of situations. Like, it's so easy to play around a lot of what this card does, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, just, you know, leave a... Um, leave a chromatic star in play and cast mm -hmm. your Karn by make, making a green man off of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, this yep. card has a lot of ways to play around mm -hmm. it. Yeah. But what it is, like, sometimes it's just good enough. Mm -hmm. It's funny. Yeah. I think, I mean, the biggest thing is, is that it's doing is stopping those cards that are cast without mana. Yes. Yeah. That's like, the main I mean, all the suspend stuff thing. in this set, it's hitting, so. Yeah. But, so. I don't know. Cool card. It's weird, but I don't know. All right. All right. Next up, we have a cycle. Yep. Of artifact lands. Yeah. Uh, they are all. So, uh, it's a full ten card cycle. Yep. Full ten cards. Full ten card cycle. Um, they are artifact lands. They enter the battlefield tapped. They're indestructible, and they tap for two colors of mana. So I'm not going to read them all, but there are a bunch of yeah. artifact lands that tap for two colors. Yep. They're cool. Uh, it's funny that they're indestructible. Uh, it's interesting that they tap for multiple colors of mana. Yep. And I would be shocked if they see play in anything. I don't know. Actually, that's not true. I need, I'm going to definitely be putting the 
silver bluff bridge in my is it artifact based commander deck. There you go. Because duh. I'll have to get some of those for my six stuffy doll deck as tinker targets. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Urza's Saga, the land, not the set. Yeah. As the saga enters the battlefield, and after you draw, after your draw step, add a lore counter. Sacrifice after three. Uh, chapter one: Urza's Saga gains tap. Add one colorless to your mana pool. Chapter 2, Urza Saga gains 2, tap, create a 0-0 colorless construct artifact creature token with this token, or sorry, this creature gets plus plus 1 for each artifact you control. And Chapter 3, search your library for an artifact card with mana cost 0 or 1. Put it onto the battlefield and then shuffle. What it's, an, it's an enchantment land Urza Saga. <laughs> yes, enchantment land Urza Saga. What people need to know about that third chapter. You cannot get any of the suspend artifacts with this card. Yep. They do not have a mana cost of zero. Yes, they have they they have no mana cost, not a mana cost of zero or one. <laughs> you cannot get any of the artifact lands with this card. Nope. They do not have a mana cost. Yeah, that's correct. You can get a black lotus with this card. Yes. It has a cost know, of zero. I don't know what you're doing with your life, but... Hey, whatever. You do you. <laughs> you could get an ornithopter with it. You could. Yeah. This card's cool. Yeah, it's weird. People are going to screw that last part up like crazy. Oh, Because they're so used to mana value of whatever instead yep, of... They're so used to mana know, value, not mana cost. Cost, yep. And those are two very different things. All right. Last up, I think, right? Yep, finally. <laughs> finally. We have uh, Yavamaya, Cradle of Growth. Legendary land. Each land is a forest in addition to its other types. Other land types, sorry. This card makes me sad. <laughs> Why? Ever since I learned that High Tide was a deck, mm -hmm. I wanted a blue version of uh, Urborg. <laughs> and like... A red version of Urborg would also be dope, you know, because yeah. a lot of Mountains Matter stuff. Planes would be whatever. Whatever, who cares? What's the point of a green one of these? Honestly, if you think about it, though, one of the one of the colors that makes the most sense in is green. I mean, I mean, there is a lot of things to care about forests. I get yeah. that. Oh, I mean, like, green is the color that would typically do this, too, it feels like. Oh, 100%. Like I, I know someone was. Uh, I it was something I saw on Twitter that some like when someone for like someone saw Yogmoth or Urborg Tomb of Yogmoth, yeah. and they're like, I get the whole like corruption aesthetic going on, but like wouldn't turning everything into a forest be more of a green thing? Yeah. And then they made Yavamai Cradle of Growth. So. Boom! There we go. Yeah, it's dope. I lo I love how they did the same naming convention: Yavamai Cradle of Growth, Urborg Tomb of Yogmoth. Yeah. Like I really do enjoy that. I, I I really like the design of this card. I just wish yep. it was blue. Blue, Yavamaya Cradle of Growth makes everything an island. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, oh. there are there are cards that would do that. Yeah. True. Okay. Well, we got through mechanical tonight. We did. We All had right. a lot to say. Apparently. We apparently did. Apparently, we're talking. You're like, so, we have less than we normally do. Yeah. We did have less than we normally do. We just talked a lot more than okay. we normally. I'm gonna blame you. So, um, that's, that's fine. Uh, 
<laughs> All right. Well, um, if you want to do some feedback, send an email to thelocometa at gmail.com. Catch us on Twitter at thelocometapc. Uh, check thelocometa.com for links to the stream, uh, the Discord, our Patreon probably other stuff I can't think of right now and go check out every single one of those because they're all amazing uh yeah alright then we will catch you next time <laughs>